This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Soulfully Casual Podcast. I'm your host, Matty Ice, and it's great to talk to you again. Uh, for anybody who is returning to the show, thank you so much, and I'm glad to have you back. And for everybody that's new, uh, welcome aboard. I hope that uh, you enjoy what you hear. Um, as always, I just want to remind you to connect with the show. There's three different ways to do that. First is the email, which is soulfully.casual@gmail.com. The Instagram, which is Soulfully Casual Podcast, and Twitter, which is at Soulfully Casual. Uh, connection is the reason that I do this. I've received a lot since I brought the show back, and it's been really, really great. So keep keep sending in your comments. This week, uh, if you are listening from the United States, this week is Inauguration Week. Um, you know, Wednesday, January 20th is the day in which we see the transfer of power um, after having an election. And I think it's a day that many, many people have been waiting for in this country specifically. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are extremely hyped about what they're about to see. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden will be sworn in as president of the United States. And, you know, I personally have always found the inauguration ceremony to be, you know, pretty powerful and inspiring. Um, you know, so if you think about it, so many things turn over in our lives on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, the days end, work shifts end, people leave jobs, people begin at jobs, uh, you know, all these different things that you think about start and finish, start and finish, start and finish. But very, very rarely does something happen in a way that is so public the way that the inauguration does. And when you watch all of the pomp and circumstance that comes with this peaceful transition of power, you know, it it is hard not to feel inspired. Um, Even if the person taking office isn't somebody that you uh, voted for or you like, and I think there are exceptions, but, you know, in this particular case for me, you know, I voted for Joe Biden. I've said before that he's not necessarily my guy, but understanding that, you know, he's now turned, all of this is turning over to him is a great moment for him. And it should be considered a, you know, hopefully a united moment going forward. But I'm, I think back um, to President Obama's inauguration, which was such a big deal for so many reasons, but there was so much hope that was associated. I mean, in that was probably the most inspiring transfer of power. And admittedly, I actually didn't vote for him. But when you saw how many Americans felt uh, so hopeful about it, and there was a there was a buzz, you know, about him taking over. And when you saw them transfer that power to him, it was such a seminal moment, because it was so you knew that it was real, right? You knew that this was something that the country was capable of, that we as a united people could vote a non white person you know, as president of our country, you know, the leader of the free world, as they like to call it. And it just, it carried a lot of significance to me that we were capable of so much. And a record record number of people showed up, despite what Trump said about his inauguration, a record number of people showed up uh, here in the District of Columbia to, to see that happen. And I think I always thought of it, and even more as we've gotten away from it, the overarching theme of it at the time was hope. And that was really like, that was a cornerstone of what they were, um, you know, trying to get elected on. But it seemed like it was hope for our future as a country, and, and it was palpable. And again, while I didn't vote for him, it still felt like that hope was shared by, you know, millions and millions of Americans that we as a people were going together. Um, and I look at it, 
right now, like this inauguration doesn't feel that way. It does to some people because just Donald Trump not being president is good enough. But I think we have so much more to work on going forward. But this time, you know, it feels like we're under turmoil, like there's palpable division and turmoil, which I've talked about. And the feelings I don't think that came with turning over to President Obama are really shared by all Americans as witnessed by the 74 million or so people that voted uh, for Donald Trump. But I think about now how we got here, because I said when Obama took President Obama took office in 2008, that's like a lifetime ago now, uh, four years ago, the, the election went the way that nobody thought that it would. Um, it was almost a foregone conclusion that Hillary Clinton would take the election and it didn't come to fruition and it was an extreme surprise to everybody i think including the people that voted for donald trump that first time and i've talked so many times now about how the division that we face as people and i you know within all sects of our country whether it's race sex religion um, we are less united i think than we've been in a very very long time i think there have been periods in which we have uh, been less united but right now we are we are not like we are not really a united states we feel so much like a divided states in many many ways um but someone recently reminded me about how this country was really founded as a, you know a country of division to begin with i mean our founding fathers for all the great things that they did to build this country and build the democracy that we're currently living in they considered black people and slaves to be three-fifths of a person women couldn't vote and those things have Know, changed at least in perception uh you know as it comes to counting population and voting but think about how that started the fact that those groups were separated and seen as less than what white people were were deemed as white men specifically were deemed as and it got me thinking that you know it, despite the fact that we've made leaps and bounds strides to get where we are that we were founded on that in many ways and that is still evident today because those types of things keep getting passed down passed down and passed down um but right now it's just on display so publicly i mean it, it's obvious i mean even in within minor transactions of seeing people you know not wearing masks at the grocery store and how divided we are with that i mean it's it doesn't take a large thing like the black lives matter movement to show that we are divided in many ways but right now it's very much a you're with us or against us like there is no in between and life just isn't like that Life is not black and white in every single aspect. Uh, so many things are gray. And honestly, I tend to find myself living in the gray areas, it seems, so many times, except when it comes to putting up your Christmas tree on November 1st. But that's a digression we'll not get into here. But for me personally, um, the last three months have, have been a near breaking point for us. I mean, if you look at everything that's happened right before the election to now, it, it's crazy. Um, you know, the, the election was close. It was stressful for, for many days leading up to it, for many days leading after it. Hell, even now, I mean, the election was still being uh, disputed up until the, uh, you know, seditious uh, sieging of the Capitol, so to speak. And the president openly disputing that it was fair and legal was just crazy. I mean, is it is it plausible that voter fraud took place in some fashion? Yeah. I think we're human, like there are our human processes and everything could always use fine tuning, could always use shoring up, but not in the ways in which he said it. Like there's no way that there's 100,000 votes that are going to be completely botched and uh, intentionally 
turned from one person to another to win the state of Pennsylvania, for instance. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but these people that the president is speaking to, his followers, you know, they feel motivated and empowered because the people like him have empowered them to do so. And, you know, they physically attempted to, I don't want to say take away our democracy, but it felt something like that. And I think, was it an insurrection? Well, no, because in the end, in the end, all they did was go in there and take selfies in the Senate chamber, which is like the worst coup ever. If you're listening to this, like if you thought that was a neat thing, they didn't accomplish anything. All they did was go in there and look like idiots. And now they're being found and it didn't really amount to anything. And if anything, our democracy slapped it in the face by getting back into chambers after it happened, after we cleared everybody out and certifying the damn election. So it didn't really amount to anything. Um, but to say the least, you know, this transition has been anything but peaceful if you look at that. And I think that's really the antithesis of what you know we've wanted. But now I look to the future. Um, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are coming in and you know, I love this country. It's no secret. We are faulty. We have things that we can make better, but I love this country. And, you know, it's like in some ways, um, you know, this this loving this country is like loving somebody or having a lover that you can't seem to shake. Um, even though there have been times in the last year that I've been so embarrassed to be an American, uh, deep down, I know, it, you know, at my core that it's something that I love. Um, but I don't think we're beyond repair. You know, I think that there are ways to get back to at least a peaceful discord, right? Um, and I think that the president-elect and the vice president-elect have a very large task ahead of them. Um, you know, they have to attempt to try and reunite this country to live up to the name. I mean, we're the United States of America. Uh, and we should remember that in the end because that's what we are. And I think they have a huge task. I mean, this isn't going to be easy. And I think I said in a previous episode that they might not be able to accomplish this in four years. It might be on whoever succeeds them. Um, but I think I'm willing to be a part of what they're trying to accomplish in the sense of reuniting this country. And I can do that uh, you know, anywhere that I can. And I think that starts in the microtransactions, to be honest with you. But um, what I know is that you know, on the inauguration day, we're going to feel there's some semblance of hope. But I do feel that it's fleeting because I think once everything comes back down from the pomp and circumstance and good feelings of uh, President Biden taking over, the real work begins. And the real work is the political game, which has existed in its form for so, so long. I will admit, as a voter, I'm very jaded because I know that whenever I cast my vote, I'm voting for somebody who is promising, uh, you know, a platform, but they're probably going to deliver on like 10 to 20% of it. Because once you get in, especially as president, there's all these grandiose plans and it always happens. But if you come in and the Congress is against you in terms of party you know, affiliations, you're not going to get anything done or you're not going to get done what you hope to accomplish because that political game ends up coming down to the individuals not thinking as a united group of what are we doing for Americans? But what can I do to get reelected? And what you're asking now is um, you know, you're asking all these people who have towed the uh, Donald Trump line for so long. And to be quite honest, you're asking the other side, too. 
to who both sides have been called names, have shout shouted at the other you know other uh, side of the aisle, and said some really bad things about each other. And it's like you have uh, an argument with somebody and they say something to you that is crossing a line. And you know that it's a line cross. And they say, well, I didn't mean it. I was just angry. And it's like, I can't unhear that. A lot of people feel that way. A lot of people feel like they can't unhear the things that they were called. And whether it's justified or not, it, I can understand that. You know, I can really, really understand that. Um, so like I said, I think that they have a lot that they need to accomplish. But I think that they can and I, I do think that there are, are, are ways in which um, you know, they can do that. And I think it's really by setting an example. So I you know, feel like one of the things Joe Biden said many, many times, especially in the lead up to the election, like in the last few weeks, that he may be running as a Democrat, but he is you know, going to lead all Americans, whether they voted for him or not. I hope that's true. I really hope that's true, because I think that by setting that kind of an example, and I think opening their world up to those dissenting opinions, trying to do what they can to not just, well, let me write off everybody who was a Trump loyalist or still is a Trump loyalist and is going to play that game even after he's out of office. Try to open themselves up to that. Try to open their minds to say, OK, let's hear what they have to say and let's try and find a way to bridge this gap that exists with the aisle. Like, you know, they always talk about crossing the aisle and it's like the aisle is almost like this net in tennis that you're not supposed to go over and be on your opponent's side. Right. But it's it's not supposed to be that kind of a wall. I don't understand how it's gotten that way. And I hope that the president and the vice president can lead by example by doing that. And I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. And despite the fact that Republicans and Democrats are always going to be like siblings, right? Like no matter what kind of a household you live in, if you have siblings, you always had fights with them or you will have fights with them. Like brothers and sisters uh, are going to fight each other. And I feel like that's what Republicans and Democrats are going to do. But I really hope that those people that have basically covered their ass by denouncing all of the things that they said really mean it and are really going to try and put all of that behind them to figure out how to get this country back on track together. Because that's the only way that it's going to happen. There's just no way that we're going to be able to do it staying this divided. And I uh, will say this, I don't think that it's going to happen by policy alone, right? Like each person uh, campaigns on what they promise you based off of their policy. Like I want to, for instance, you know, I want to lower taxes or I want to lower the, the debt. Well, that's all well and good. And there are people who are going to agree with that. There are people who are not going to agree with that. And I've said before that my personal, you know, party affiliation is non-existent, but that I do think more conservative in certain things and more liberally in other things. And those are policy. Those are like parts of the platform. I really don't think it's going to do that. It's going to be a part of that. I think it's going to be providing we the people. And that's such a powerful statement. We the people. That's what it is. This country is we the people. And it doesn't matter whether your neighbor is a Republican or a Democrat. We're all Americans here. And I think that's the example of what needs to be set. Um, they need to show us the way. They need to lead everybody and not just Democrats. I mean, obviously, like I said, the political game is is what it is. They're going to cater to those ideals because that's who they are. That's what they believe in. But I hope it's at the benefit of the country as a whole and not just 
to keep getting elected and keep getting their fellow Democrats elected. Um, and I, you know, on January 21st, um, we're all going to take our steps into this new leadership. Like again, no matter whether you voted for the president or not, um, you know, we are, we are taking those steps together. And I think it's remembering, you know, how we can help because we are at the bottom of the food chain. Like my vote counted, but every single day that I step out into this country, I don't affect the bottom line of the federal government at that level. And I think it's going to be incumbent on all of us to find those ways to do it. Um, but let's think about it in terms of the everyday life. Um, your neighbor, that concept is thrown out there and it's not your immediate neighbor to the left of your house or the right of your house or what have you, but it's anybody that you come in contact with, your fellow human, your fellow American. How do we treat those people today? You know, like when I was growing up, we knew all of our neighbors in our neighborhood. It just was. Um, do we do that anymore? Like I've been living in my house now for four years and I very loosely know the neighbors that are around me. We don't make an effort. They don't make an effort. It just is. And maybe that's regional, right? Maybe that different areas of the country are different with that. I mean, I know in the South that it's a, it's a little bit different in terms of like that open hospitality type thing. Um, but are we treating everybody with respect? You know, are we looking for ways to do good deeds without it being something we need credit for? That kind of stuff is where I think we start to really make a difference. You know, so when you're going out there and you think to yourself, well, you know, I don't like the president. Okay, you don't have to, but do you like your country? Do you like the people that are around you? Because we don't have to hate everybody who we have a differing opinion with. It's supposed to be a part of human nature to disagree, but we still care for each other, right? We still wanna do these things. I mean, just even down to an unannounced good deed, so if you go to a drive-thru to get coffee, pay for the coffee of the person behind you. You don't have to tell them that, just do it. Think about how much of a day that could make for them. Um, call people who mean something to you. And again, if there's somebody that you know is a Trump supporter, be the bigger person and try and say, you know what, I may not like what you're telling me and I may not like how you live your life, but you, I care about you still. And I hope that one day we can come to a place where we can respectfully disagree. Um, those relationships that you have, the unity of the people around you, it makes so much of a difference. The more people that you feel close with, united with, and can have a healthy relationship, even with that difference of opinion, that's where we start this. It's a grassroots effort. Um, you know, this country has always been built on for the people, by the people, and we the people. And really, we're gonna be the ones to help the president and vice president and all presidents and vice presidents after Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to get to their mission. Because at the end of the day, we are all living in this country and we can all make a difference. And I strive to do that myself. And I hope that you all can take these words and look at some microcosm of your life that's not related to something political and make a difference and unite with one person here, one person there, because that's how we're going to get it done. Um, so again, I thank you for listening. Uh, you know, this week is a little interesting because of the inauguration and I want to get away from talking about politics and deep things like all the time. I want to have a little bit of fun. And, you know, now that I'm being supported 
by a new media group. Uh, I'm hoping that the diversity of the people that have access to the show now um, is going to grow. And so I'm going to start doing some different things. Uh, I'm going to start talking about other things that interest me, even though I know that, say, for instance, professional wrestling isn't something that interests a lot of people. But I promise you that I'm going to try to make it worth your while to listen. So I'm going to be kind of spreading my wings a little bit, trying to come up with some new things that are fun and engaging. And um, I'm glad you're along for the ride. Uh, I'm having a great time doing this. And it just means the world to me that more and more people are listening. Um, and so just you know, keep doing that because I really, really appreciate it. So thank you once again for listening. I uh, want to remind you to connect with the show. Email soulfully.casual at gmail.com. Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast. And Twitter, at Soulfully Casual. Hit me up any way that you like. Uh, and I will make sure to share it here and use it as a part of my show. So everybody have a great rest of the week and I will see you all down the road.